Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edda Talk for the Eddie Walk Podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. This morning, we're going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 1, where we've been for the last few weeks. And we've talked about love. Love that comes from a pure heart and the importance of pursuing purity. We've also talked about how the blood of Jesus cleanses us and empowers us with a good, clean, and clear conscience. And this morning, we're going to talk about doing God's work and advancing His kingdom with a sincere heart. 1 Timothy chapter 1 Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. To Timothy, my true son in the faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, and Christ Jesus, our Lord. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, Stay there in Ephesus, so that you may command certain men not to teach false doctrines any longer, nor devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. These promote controversies rather than God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have wandered away from these and turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they're talking about or what they so confidently affirm. Why is Paul tasking Timothy with this intimidating command? I said it a few weeks back, just a reminder. Timothy's a young man. Paul always refers to him as my son in the faith. 
And he's trusting, commanding Timothy to tell a bunch of people they're doing something wrong. That's not fun to do, especially in church. Why is Paul doing that? Verses 3 and 4. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people, certain men, not to teach false doctrines any longer, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. These promote controversies rather than God's work, which is by faith. Why is Paul giving Timothy this command? Look at the beginning of verse 5. The goal of this command is love. Those people were going the wrong way, the wrong direction. The unloving thing would be to not tell them they're going the wrong way. I like when a goal is clear. That's one of the great things about football. The goal is pretty clear. Get the ball across the line into your end zone. Stop the other team from getting the ball across the line. And the, pretty clear, right? Some teams do it better than others. The Buffalo Bills have doing it well lately. I thought I'd hear more amens, but... (laughs) The goal is clear. The goal is love. Love which... With, which comes from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. Three things that can only come from Jesus. There, I gave you the answer. Where does a sincere faith come from? It comes from Jesus. There's really lots of answers to that question. Where does a sincere faith come from? A relationship with Jesus. A genuine daily walk with Him. But you know what else? It can also come from your family. From your mom or dad. Or from your grandparents. Brother and sister. You see, you... And your faith have the power to influence your kids and your grandkids. Your brother or your sister. Don't take my word for it. Flip a few pages to 2 Timothy. Chapter 1. Verse 5. 
Paul is writing to Timothy again. And he says in verse 5 of 2 Timothy chapter 1, I have been reminded of your sincere faith. Genuine. Real. That's what sincere is. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and and your mother Eunice. I've also heard her pronounce Eunice. She's really nice. You call her Eunice. And I am persuaded. Now lives also in you. It's funny. I love how the Holy Spirit works. Because in Sunday school this morning, we were talking about how families pass on patterns. That's why a sincere walk, a sincere faith is so important. Clearly, as Scripture showed us in 1 Timothy chapter 1. But let me go back to 1 Timothy. Chapter 1. We were in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Back to 1 Timothy chapter 1. To answer the question, where does a sincere faith come from? Let's stick with 1 Timothy 1. It comes from knowing who you were without Christ. Now, I'm not flip-flopping, so don't call me a flip-flopper. I know last week we talked about how the devil reminds us of who we once were and all the stupid, sinful things we did. I'm not saying we remind ourselves of that. To beat ourselves up. But it's important to know where we came from so we can know where we're going. And that is what Paul is saying in verses 12 to 15. 1 Timothy chapter 1. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that He considered me faithful appointing me to His service even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ was poured out on me abundantly 
along with the faith. Remember I told you the faith comes from Him. Along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying. You like a good quote, don't you? I like a good quote. And I had a feeling when Paul wrote this, he wasn't saying this just about himself. Because he said, it's a saying. So if he's saying he's going to say it and recommend it as a saying, it's for all of us. Because how much sin would separate us from God? Even the tiniest. But that's where we get in a trap. We like to justify sin. Oh, this sin's not as big as that sin. Oh, I didn't kill anybody. But sin separates. Anyway, I'm starting to preach a different message. What was this saying? What was this saying that helped Paul out? Well, here it is. Verse 15. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of which I am the worst. Sometimes we forget we're the worst, don't we? Or we were. What does amazing grace say? Amazing grace. A wretch like me. I'm not going to imitate what happens when we wretch. I'm going to tell you about what I had at VBS last week. You see, We had wonderful snacks at VBS. Dave Beaupre used his gifts for for God's glory. But when you're outside with the three and four-year-olds, you get the playground cafe. They go into their little fort in the middle. And if you sit down on the bench... And put in your order. They'll serve you up anything you want. And even things you don't want. I had. Chicken nuggets. French fries. A Coke. And vomit. Yep. One of the little boys said, here's your vomit. doesn't sound appetizing, does it? Mm-hmm. 
So, <clears throat> Proverbs 26.11 says this. As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. Paul knew he was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a violent person. He knew his sin. We know ours. We know what we used to be. We don't want to go back to that. That's why, with a sincere faith, we remember what a wretch. That's fun to say when my voice is this bad. Wretch. We were. That helps us love others well. A sincere faith comes from when we know where we came from and the grace poured out so abundantly because of that love He has for us. It also comes from knowing God, our King. And knowing who we are in Him. Paul knew who he was in Christ. And how God could use that for His glory. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 14 to 17. grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display His unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on Him and receive eternal life. Now, to the King Eternal. Told you He knew who God is. To the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He knew 
who God was, who was king, who was the authority in his life. Boy, I'm going back to Sunday school. Let me tell you why. Because I heard something that speaks to today. Because I don't know about you. I like to please people. I don't want to offend anybody. But the ultimate thing is, God is the authority. He should be the one we are worried about offending. Now, not that we judge others and their sin. Duh! We know, we're Christians, we know that sin offends God. But, those who are dead in their transgressions, they don't know any better. That's what they do. That's not an excuse. That's the truth. Our role is to do what? What's the goal? Love. So they might become what we are. So they might be made alive in Christ. Read about it. Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to tell you more about it. From Acts chapter 29. Actually, that's what we're living now. There is no Acts chapter 29. We're writing that book. It's Acts 19. But you think about Paul's life. We know that he knew who God was, who had the authority, because he had confidence in who he was. He knew who he was in the Lord. If he didn't know that, how could he do the things he did and go through the things he did? The imprisonments, the beatings, the snake bites, the shipwrecks. How could he so confidently speak the truth in love, not worried about who he offended? Because he knew who had authority and who he was in the Lord. What God did for him and what God wants to do for everyone who would believe in Jesus and follow him. We read about it. In Acts chapter 26. As you go there, I'm curious. You ever get nervous? Especially when you have to talk to somebody who's in an authoritative position. Maybe a supervisor or a boss. 
I had my first real meeting with our new district superintendent, Olivia, when we had a district properties board meeting this week. And I admit I was a little nervous. There is nothing to be nervous about. She's awesome. She's sweet. She's going to be a great district superintendent. It was a good meeting. Still, we get nervous. Paul. Paul had been arrested. And now, now he's got to speak in front of King Agrippa. He has an audience with the king. We never know where our relationship with the Lord, where our walk with Jesus might take us, who we might encounter, and who we might get to share our witness and testimony with. Here, Paul is in front of the king. And what does he do? He shares his testimony. Acts chapter 26. I won't read the whole thing, but you know, because you see the letters in red, he gives his testimony about his encounter with Jesus. Let's pick it up in verse 19. So then, this is Paul talking, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and all in Judea, and to the Gentiles also. I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. That is why the Jews seized me. They seized me in the temple courts and they tried to kill me. But I've had God's help to this very day. So I stand here to testify to small and great alike. I'm not saying anything beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that Christ would suffer as the first to rise from the dead would proclaim light, proclaim, proclaim light to his own people and then to the Gentiles. At this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. You are out of your mind, Paul. Your great learning has driven you insane. Guess what? When we talk about Jesus, people might call us crazy. It happened right there for, for Paul. Sorry, keep going. Verse 25. I am not insane. Most excellent Festus, Paul replied, what I'm saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things. I can speak freely to him. 
I am convinced that none of this has escaped his notice because it was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, this is bold. Do you believe in the prophets? I know you do. Then King Agrippa said to Paul, Do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? And you know what? In this short time, we don't know whether or not Paul persuaded Agrippa or Festus or anyone to be a Christian. But what what do we know? We know that Paul was sincere in his faith. We know that Paul didn't want Festus or King Agrippa to not know Jesus. Then he gives his mission statement. It's good to have a goal, right? What do you think Paul's goal is based on? Love. Love that comes from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. Things that come only from Jesus. And a daily walk with Him. Where did this sincere faith take Paul? What was the goal? The purpose of the sincere faith? Verse 29. Remember, King Agrippa, I think the King James Version said, was almost persuaded. Paul replied, short time or long, I pray to God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am. Is that the prayer of your heart? Is that how you live? Father, I thank you for your word. you that you didn't just come Jesus to die on a cross for our sins for the sole purpose of us going to heaven Thank you, Jesus, that you have so much more for us in 
everyone who would believe in you than that. Lord, may we not forget that there's a world dying in sin. And the last thing they need are Christians who say one thing but live like another. Who say one thing Just enough. We all need you, Jesus, and the salvation that comes only from you. But like Paul, may we live a sincere faith that proclaims the good news of Jesus. and lifts you up, Jesus, so that others will be drawn to you, turn from their sins, and like Paul preached, will live out their faith in a sincere way. Lord, I just thank you for your love. I thank you for the eternal life we have in you. And I thank you for the purpose and plan you have for each and every one of us. Help us, Lord, I pray. Thank you, Lord, for all you equip us with. We love you, Lord. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey. Thank you for being at church this morning. Hey, don't just merely listen to the Word. Go and do what it says. You're dismissed. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene, on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.